Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co., Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their Angry Yowie Coffee Blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight down the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Kate Moyer and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight I'm joined by Ryan, and Ryan had an incredible UFO encounter back in 2020 down in Gympie of Queensland. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kay. Thanks for having me. It's cool to have you on, man. We don't get UFO encounters that are like this hot off the press very often. So this is super cool to to talk to you about something that kind of happened about a year ago for you. Yeah, it's it's pretty recent. And um, anyway, I kind of wish I'd have talked about it even sooner. But um, yeah, it's not too long ago. So it's good to finally get it out now, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Because from my memory, you emailed me quite a while ago and it's taken a little bit of time to to get this one kind of teed up. But Oh, it, yeah. It's worth the wait, mate, because your UFO UFO encounter is incredible. Mate, can you take us back to, to when it all happened and just walk us through what happened that night? Yeah, no worries. So, yeah, back April 2020, it's a Saturday night, and old workmate of mine, Mitchie, we decided to go camping, and he's actually from Gimpy, and I was living on the sunny coast at the time. So, um, yeah, he knew of a spot called Salmon Lookout, and I'd never been there before I heard of it. But, um, yeah, I drove up to Gimpy and met up with him, and, had a 4 beach, so we went up there, and it's kind of like a um, cattle property on top of a big plateau thing, which is kind of east of Gympie, just between there and Rainbow Beach almost. So once you get up there, you go through some, like, farmer's gates and stuff, and it's a lookout. You can see heaps of photos online. And, um, yeah, there's a fire tower up there and a little picnic bench thing, and 
at the time we went, it was really overgrown and you were actually supposed to be in there, but we kind of just went through the gates anyway and set up camp in the Arvo and climbed up the fire tower and had a look at sunset and stuff. And yeah, pretty much after that, we just, yeah, had our camp set up, started cooking some dinner and whatnot. And it was kind of a cloudy, nice afternoon. You can see right out to the ocean and everything over like Double Island Point and Rainbow, like people from that area will know where that is. And there's a big pine forest plantation which covers like from where we were at the bottom of the mountain like all the way out to the coast so you got a good view and a couple of farm properties below and stuff it's really nice so yeah pretty much after it'd been dark for a while we we're cooking up some dinner and just hanging out sitting on the little picnic table that's there and you got quite a good view from the picnic table like straight out towards the noosa and like double island and stuff and it just seemed to be for a while like I actually noticed it before I said anything, and obviously Mitchy had too, but it kind of just looked like what you'd imagine to be a drone. If there was a drone kind of not far away off the edge of the mountain, just going like up and down slowly with a red flashing light. And um, yeah, I'd kind of seen it out the corner of my eye for a while, and then I just said something like, see that or whatever, and thinking not much of it. And then Mitchy had always been staring at it as well because he straight away was like, yeah, bro, like what's that? And yeah, we just started watching what this thing was doing and it was originally just making like slow movements up and down and it was mainly like a red flashing light with perfect timing. So it kind of did look like a drone, but obviously no sound. We didn't really have a concept of how far away it was from us. And um, yeah, as we kept watching it, we also noticed it was like it had a white light behind it as well. So sometimes the red light would just be flashing and it'd be darkness otherwise and then other times it'd be like a constant white light with a red flash uh, and it kept changing sort of thing and dipping into the darkness and um yeah not long after that it kind of disappeared below and it was obviously like it was far away enough but we could see the forest behind it so it wasn't too far it would have been within like 20 k's of us because yeah, there was forestry behind it. We could see in the moonlight sort of thing. And then it was somewhere between, you know, us and the forest. So it wasn't too far away. But at that point, it was just cruising up and down and not doing too much, a bit of left to right. But we were pretty fascinated by it still because, I don't know, it's just an unusual thing to be seeing in a few different colours of lights and stuff. But, um, yeah, not long after that, we were just taking turns. Someone would cook some dinner and someone would keep watching it. And, yeah, it wasn't too far after that, but... We started noticing down in the forest below, um, it looked almost like how you'd imagine if you saw four-wheel drives like flying through the forest with huge spot spotties or light bars on. Like There was lights just flying and flickering through the trees, and they were more like a yellowy sort of colour, like a four-wheel drive, um, but it wasn't really natural. Like For how far away it was, they were going fast, and then red lights would come out as well. So we kind of realised it wasn't cars at all kind of looked like brake lights and LEDs going through the forest, but we realised it was the same sort of things flying around. So that was kind of where it all started. And, um, yeah, between – like the weird thing was they would keep turning off, so you you wouldn't know where it was going to pop up next. And at that time, we kind of just thought it was just the one, like and it was just turning its lights off for a while or whatever and then appearing in another spot and doing its thing. And not too long after that, with all that was going on in the forest and the red sort of light that was just hovering around, um, it almost looked like the same red light, like a searchlight, like you'd imagine on a helicopter or something, was shining down the trees. Like, And it was flicking down these rows of trees so fast that 
uh, you can't really describe it, but it was like it was searching for something just up each row of trees and it would just come on for a little bit and go away. And the, at a first glance, you would have just thought it was something like a helicopter or something like just looking through the forest, but it was just too quick and, and like, yeah, the, the length of the rows of trees, it seemed to be going up and it didn't look like it was flying up the trees. It looked like the light was more panning through the trees. So, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. Um, yeah. It sounds like this light was scanning the trees, like it was looking for something. Yeah, that's what we thought at first. And, I mean, we're still like, I'm pretty much three quarters of the Holland County kind of spend trying to make sense of what it is. Like it wasn't till quite near the end where we finally kind of admitted to ourselves that this isn't right, like this isn't a normal thing that we're seeing. But, um, yeah, at the start, we kind of seen a bit of denial, like just thinking, yeah, it must be something they've got going over the forestry or something. Just, yeah, we couldn't really make too much sense of it. But, um, yeah, it wasn't till kind of a bit after that went dark for a while as it did. It kind of came and went just full darkness. Then you might see the red light start flashing. And then it was kind of in front of us again where it originally was. And, um, yeah, we were still just blown away by what we were seeing and kept watching it. And then, um, almost we were trying to get videos of it too because on the iPhone it's not great, but um, you can actually see the lights because that was a, a big thing too. It was we we're in so much disbelief, and it was really nice to get the light showing up on a phone camera because even though you can't see what it was or anything, it was just nice to know that we really were seeing it like it was coming through the camera. So we we're happy about that, but um, yeah, not long after that, while we were filming actually. Um, this red flashing light, that's the only colours we'd seen so far, just red and the white. And this red light, it turned green and, like, it hooked it to the right, eh? Like, I mean, we couldn't really tell how fast it was going because we didn't know how far away from us it was, but it was hooking it to the right by the looks of it, just flying. And we were, like, in, <laughs> we're in a bit of hysterics in the video. I might have to post it up somewhere. But um, it was heading towards what we could see in the moonlight, like a a hill that was down there near the farms and stuff in the distance and it was like heading straight towards it and I remember saying to Mitchell like this is a good moment because we'll be able to see is it going to go like in front of the mountain which is in like within 5k's of us or is it going to go behind the mountain and um, it actually went behind it and then came out the other side um, so we knew it wasn't that close to us but then as it kind of pulled up like stopped going to the right it went back to the red flashing light and we realised that there was a second one beside it so then we saw the two red flashing lights together. It was almost like they were interacting with each other. So um, then, then we realized we might not have been just watching one light the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's going straight to my mind, is that the the red and white lights that you were seeing were two different lights then. Yeah, possibly. And the other thing was, like, it would seem to come up in a different position, and we just figured that it's probably... I don't know, turning the lights off for a while and then it would pop up somewhere else and start its lights up again. But once we realised there was two, we were kind of like, <laughs> maybe maybe they're all different ones or something. But, yeah, that was um, yeah, pretty, I don't know, freaky, I guess, in a way, when we've seen two there. Yeah, it, it takes that strange encounter up to another level because it's kind of like, wow, what is actually going on here? Yeah, yeah, and they did seem to be interacting with each other. Like, it kind of stopped travelling to the right really closely to where this like as it was slowing up sort of thing that's when we saw the other one right there and um it didn't go any further past it it stayed pretty close to it but it didn't go past it so it was pretty obvious like that 
they were something to do with each other. Like they knew each other were there. And at this same sort of time as well, like throughout the night before this all happened, we could see from the view, you can see down below, like the few farms that are down there, you can see like if they've got a house light on, it would just be a dim little light down the valley or whatever. And um, while these two things were kind of interacting with each other and they were going up and down a bit, but, you know, not doing too much, one of the lights which seemed to be like one of the house lights from the farm, it just started flashing like perfectly intermittently, like it had a pattern as well. And that was weird. We couldn't really 100% tell if it was a house that was already like a constant light. Like we didn't know, but it was definitely on the ground and it looked the same as all the other house lights that were around that were just on. And it was just flicking on and off like every few seconds, which was another really weird, really weird part of the whole thing that happened. That makes me wonder if it was, you know, possibly another another UFO down there or was yeah, the, a- these lights interacting with that house somehow? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. And, like, either it was another one of the things that were flying or we were almost thinking, can someone who's down those houses see what we're seeing right now and they're, like, just mucking around with their lights or something to, I don't know why, but, you know, just to muck around with them. But it was really strange and that's kind of um, all that happened really on that side of the mountain when those two were there. They were just mucking around with each other a bit and going up and down and, there was a certain point where we couldn't see any further to the right because the trees that were on the mountain where we were were kind of blocking the view and I think one of them disappeared behind there and kind of after that it did die down a bit. Like they were doing the intermittent like turning off as well so you never know where it's going to pop up next. It could pop up in the same spot or it could be like a fair way over to your left from where we could see because we kind of had a panoramic view and they were kind of down below. Um, But yeah, it kind of ended up going back to just the one light as far as we knew. And um, it wasn't too, like, scary anything watching them, but I did have a, a moment there where I started to think, like, we're seeing these things pop up just randomly because they turn their lights on whatever. And I kind of had a thought, like, what if one, like, pops up right beside where we are right above us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't you, happen, but... <laughs> mate, I would have been having the same thoughts because you, you're seeing all these different lights going on out there. It looks like they're scanning. For me, I would have been like, man, this is... I would have been a little bit spooked out, to be honest. Yeah, that's it. And, like, I know you try and make sense of it in your head the whole time while you're watching it, and it, it just seemed like there was some sort of, like, operation going on out there. Like, it it was a really quiet night. It was For us, it was the most calm place, like, up on the mountain. But we're watching all this stuff happen down below us and above the forestry and everything, and it was just like there was something, you know, like a big operation going on down there, and it was really hectic, but up there it was so quiet, and we're just watching it all unfold. It was really bizarre. <laughs> and something that I find really interesting about the encounter is that you said it was a a cloudy night. So, you know, it's not like you can conf- you could confuse what you're seeing with, like, airplanes or, or oh, stars or anything like that. Yeah, there's no way. And, and once we got a concept of... Well, from the start, we kind of knew they were close enough because we saw the forest behind them. Like, it wasn't like the ocean or the horizon was behind them. They could have been out to sea. Like, these were within 20 k's. So, if they were going the speeds they were going, whether it was a plane or a helicopter or even a drone, like, you're going to hear the buzzing because they have to make a noise to move that fast. Like, there's nothing that can move that fast without making decent noise. So, and it wasn't even the fact of how fast it was going. It was how it went from still to that fast so quick and it was a smooth smooth like pace that it was doing it kind of went from like still almost straight away to fast with the green light 
and it didn't seem to change speed till it met up with the other one and then just kind of stopped there. So you were seeing these these UFOs basically with almost instant acceleration and instant stopping. Pretty much. I mean, it, it's a little hard because it's like flashing lights and the lights are changing colours. So, I mean, there might have been a little bit of time between when it stopped and started that we couldn't see because the lights might not have been on or something, but it was pretty much bang on just like a really, I don't know, futuristic kind of like acceleration that it had across the across the um, forestry. It was really bizarre. So you've never seen acceleration like that before in your life? No, it's just so smooth, hey, and for something silent, that's the weird thing. When you see something that's close enough that moves that quick, that's silent, it's really bizarre. It's a really weird thing to see. So these things weren't making an, any type of noise at all because that's fascinating with the cloud cover that that would really trap any sound in as well. Yeah, I mean, not, not a sound at all. It was just a calm, quiet night. There's no houses near where we were camping really. There's a couple of farmhouses like not too far away, but it was just a nice night with a, a bit of a breeze and that's all you could hear, just the wind in the trees. And yeah, it was pretty eerie. It is an absolutely fascinating encounter because the the fact that you've got the the lights going through the sky and then the lights through the trees like we haven't even touched on that because did you ever see those lights in the trees come out of the trees or did they just kind of turn off and stay down there and now a quick word from our sponsor A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Yeah, so what actually happened was after that um, bit, those explain how they were kind of interacting a bit and there was a house light flickering. Um, at this point, it was still kind of cloudy. It was like a high-level cloud and you could see the moonlight coming through the clouds and it was lighting things up just enough. But, um, yeah, it was still in that kind of same weather. And, um what actually happened was we gave up a bit on watching it, like not heaps. We were still keeping an eye, but it was really hard to put an eye on because one disappeared behind the trees to the right and then there was still that one hovering around, but it would go dark for more, like more of a time than it was originally. So you'd kind of lose track of where it is. And I don't know, we'd been watching these things for like 45 minutes. So we're still keen, but we're cooking dinner and stuff. So I think Mitchie was back cooking dinner and I was still with my eyes out there just hoping something might flash again, but it was getting pretty dead. And um, <laughs> Mitch actually pointed out a light which is in the direction he was facing when he was cooking. And that's kind of more over towards the other side of the mountain. So between – we're right on the edge where we were watching, but then behind us was quite a bit of like cattle land on top with paddocks and stuff. And then it would drop over the edge. So you could kind of see like some really distant mountains and then just the sky. And um, there was a few trees in the cow paddocks and stuff. And that's when I was walking back to him and he pointed a light out. And it really just looked like, you know how if you look up in the sky at night, that if there's any of the planets that are shining really bright, they're kind of more obvious than the stars. There'll be a big yellow kind of light in the sky. It was um, similar to that, but even bigger. Like We were kind of questioning whether it was just Mars setting or something because it was in that right position. 
but it was just like double the size of Mars, so it was just that bit too bright. Almost like as if if there was a house there and they had a big floodlight pointing towards you, you know, you'd kind of know if it was purposely pointed towards you and just be that bit brighter. And it was like that, but it was kind of behind a dead sort of tree up in the top branches, so it was definitely in the sky. And we looked at it for about five seconds, talking about it, and then, yeah, maybe a few more seconds went past just seeing whether it was a planet or not. And then it just turned off exactly how we'd seen the other lights turn off, just to nothing. And that was a bit of a, that was probably the freakiest moment of the whole night, only because that one felt like it was pointing at us. Like it was not just the light we were seeing flashing around or colours, it was like a bright yellow. And it was kind of like that star shape. Like if you were looking at someone in a distance shining a torch at you, you'd know they're pointing it at you versus them pointing it a little bit to the side. Yeah, I got that same impression from you telling me that I actually got chills when you said you're looking yeah. at it and it turned off. <laughs> yeah, that was – and it, it just fully disappeared and we were trying to think of like could it have been a cloud that came in front of it but it was an instant turn off and there was not too many like low clouds. It was definitely pretty low and – yeah, that was definitely a little moment where we kind of felt like, I don't know, I think the scariest part of that for me is we'd spent this whole night watching in the opposite direction and then we decided, you know, Mitch started cooking again, I turn around and go back to him and then this thing's there and it turns off. It was like it was watching us or something. Yeah. That's how it felt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And who knows how long that was there potentially watching you. Exactly, for. exactly, because we just would have, because it was just still and it was just yellow, we would have just thought it was a star. Like, that's kind of what we are questioning anyway until it turned off. Then we kind of questioned each other when we, you know, when you see it disappear, we were looking at each other kind of thinking, that just happened there. And it's so, like, yep. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty nuts. Absolutely. That would be such an amazing camp story to, to tell your mates. And yeah, the fact that you shared it with someone makes that that story oh, so much better absolutely i think that oh yeah having someone there to see it because the amount of times when they're watching these lights where we kind of ask each other like you're seeing this and we're like yep and also getting it like even though it's not a great video and like to anyone who has who wasn't there it's just gonna be you know one of those videos but for us to physically see those same light colours come through the camera to just prove that we're really seeing this and stuff, that was another big part that helped kind of just, I don't know, have a bit of grounding for it too because I think that if I was on my own there or something, I don't really know how I would have handled it or felt because I would have felt pretty vulnerable, I reckon. At least yeah. having a mate there, I was felt a bit more secure knowing that someone else is going to go through whatever I'm about to go through. And you kind of got to put on the tough face too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> so, what did you make? What did you make think of it all? Like, was he thinking, "Geez, are these UFOs?" Or was he kind of trying to explain it to be a little bit more? Earthly? No, it was. Yeah, um, it was interesting because we we're pretty close. I think like, we worked together for a long time, and we're close enough, obviously, to go camping together for the night. So we get along real well. But um, we'd never spoken of anything like that, or anything so i didn't know what his perspective on it all was so i was kind of sitting there thinking i know a little bit about this stuff so like this is weird as but at least i I like know that there's people who have seen things like this before but i didn't know if this was like a totally new thing to him or he'd heard stuff so i didn't know how he'd respond but he was pretty much just the same as me like he wasn't denying it but he was just blown away and we both 
we're kind of just saying like to each other um, in <laughs> in a more censored version, this is messed up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were just both in the same mind, I think. We weren't, yeah, trying to disbelieve it, but we were kind of like, we don't know what this is, and it's weird. <laughs> That's really cool because you, I hear so many stories of people who have a shared encounter with someone, but the other person kind of doesn't want to believe or acknowledge what's going on yeah yeah it's um it's interesting and since then um we've hung out a few more times like i've hung out with his group of friends camping and stuff and it's an interesting thing to kind of talk about like i've almost tried to mention it a couple of times in front of other people but it's just kind of like a quiet subject i don't know if he's told them or not but like i don't know i think we both kind of know as well that we could tell them but like they're not gonna understand it the way we saw it no one, no one will. So it's a bit hard to talk about. The the cool thing is though is that you know you do have that mate to to share it with, and you do have video of it at the end of the yeah. day, which is really cool because a lot of people in these kind of situations, that's the the last thing that they they think of. But mm-hmm. in saying that, you know, not everyone gets to have a, a forty minute long UFO encounter, which is mind blowing. Yeah, it was it was really interesting how it all happened and um yeah, I think as well having that little video like it's it was good the next day to wake up and watch it again just to I think if I didn't have it I would almost start questioning whether I really saw it, even though I was hundred percent sure I did. I think it's nice to just look back on every now and again and be like, No, nope, that really happened. <laughs> so you were seeing these UFOs for, for forty minutes. What was going through your mind? From from start to finish, like was it? Oh, that's weird. And then no, that's that might be from out of this world. How did, how did yeah. that kind of play out for you? I really think that um, at the start, it just gradually went from playing it off as like some kind of I don't know air activities by like actual you know aircraft like, like drones or something down there. And I think seeing the searchlight. Started, that's when it started to tip over to the more like, okay, this is unusual. And, um, but that was still a lot of like, it, it kind of looked like cars flying through the trees, kind of like a police helicopter with a searchlight or something, but there was no noise. So that's when it started getting a little bit on the edge. And when it interacted with the house light, that was really bizarre. Well, we think it was a house light, but, um, that's when it started getting really bizarre, I reckon. And then to like just tip it completely over the edge. Oh, sorry. And when it turned green and flew, that was pretty crazy too. But I think to tip it all over the edge of being like mysterious was that light that we noticed behind us that just shut off because that really felt like it had something. What we saw, it we were watching it, but it didn't feel like it had anything to do with us. We didn't feel we were like, you know, in danger or whatever. We were just watching this thing unfold that was in a distance. But then when that light was kind of on and we noticed it and it turned off, I really think that's when it felt like we were involved in it a little bit or maybe not involved in what was happening, but um, it was whatever was going on was aware that we, we'd seen it maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I completely, completely understand that mindset is that, you know, you you got spotted seeing something that maybe you shouldn't have been seeing. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. And, um, yeah, after that, really not too much happened after that lunch off. We kind of more focused on eating our dinner finally. And throughout the next hour, I reckon we did see a couple more of the exact same lights, but they weren't anywhere near where they were before. These 
properly look like they're out to sea. You could almost confuse them for just a star, like you'd see, or a satellite sort of looking thing. But we could tell that definitely was the same. It had something to do with what we'd seen because it was the exact same red light and the exact same flashing pattern. You couldn't fault it, but it was really far away, almost hard to see. And this looked like it was properly out to sea and really high up. Um, but it was definitely the same flashing light pattern. Maybe we saw two of those really far in the distance, like in the next yeah, half an hour to an hour. And then after that, it was weird as it seemed like the clouds gradually cleared through that time as well. And it was almost like in sync with the clouds clearing and it becoming a perfectly starry night. They were gone and we didn't see anything else. And for some reason, we just kind of switched off from it. It almost felt like the world went back to normal. Like we didn't realize it was unusual, but then once it all cleared up and they disappeared, it just felt like we'd just come back from this, yeah, strange, strange world we'd been in and it's back to normal again. We felt fine and went to sleep and everything. It was weird. Yeah, like you're just kind of caught there in the moment and nothing else really mattered. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it was quite peaceful actually once the clouds cleared. I don't know, it just might have just been coincidental sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it just felt calm again and like a nice night. <laughs> so, I want to ask you about this this spotlight, like this thing that was scanning the trees. Was that Was that two separate things or was that the same thing? No, it was definitely the same thing. I don't know if it was the same light we'd originally seen or – but it was had you know had um, connection to it for sure because it at first it looked like um, brake lights and headlights flying through the forest so it was the same I reckon that what we thought were brake lights were definitely the red the red lights and then it had like the searchlight sort of things as well going and um, I definitely feel like they are connected because kind of above the surf searchlight sorry there was um, the red flashing lights going on as well so they definitely. I don't know if it was the exact same lights, but they all had something to each other for sure. There's no doubt about it. And what did this scanning light look like? Because there's there's two ways that it's kind of playing out in my mind. One is like almost laser kind of digital, and the other one's kind of like a um like a torch light. Could you yeah. could you kind of describe how that looked? Yeah, one hundred percent torch light. Like had that yellowy tinge to it. Like. Um, kind of thinking on it on a mini scale, like if you just got like a big camping torch or whatever, like a, one of those old school camping torches and like, I don't know, went out into your garden or something and just like flipped it through the garden kind of from like waist height. It was like that, but then obviously the scale of being above a pine forest. Um, yeah. So it was definitely that kind of yellowy tinge and it moved. It looked like it almost moved manually, like, um, it would kind of just be on and flicking up the rows and then turn off again like yeah, like someone scanning up the rows with a big torch. That's what it was like. It wasn't like, um, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of like, say, a cartoon drawing of a UFA where it will have the kind of V upside-down V-shaped um, being or whatever. It wasn't like that. It was actually just like you could just see the yellow illuminating the forest. Yeah, right. I get you. I get you. Yeah, yeah. because I, I couldn't quite paint that in my in my mind, but I completely yeah. understand what you mean there now. Yes. Yeah. So, so what do you think you saw that night, Ryan? Oh, it's it's such a hard one. I I, I think the there's two ways I could go about it. I reckon like easy way of thinking about it is like, oh, it could have just been some drone operation we don't know about or something. Um, yeah, it could have just been something like that that we just don't know what they were using, some crazy aircraft. Um, and the other 
probably the more, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of the right words, but I think probably the more sensible kind of explanation I can come up with based on what we saw and, and how they kind of went into the distance at the end of the night. I feel like it was some sort of, <laughs> I don't know, some sort of operation from out of this world that we just happened to witness because these things, I'd love to know where they came from before we saw the first one, but they definitely disappeared off into the night, like up really high in the sky. That was the last one we saw. It was so far away. And that kind of was the point where I also ruled out the fact that it could have been like a local operation happening by some people who have crazy aircraft because I thought they're not going to have that thing out to see that high up and that far away. Um, if they were from around here, like why would they fly that far away? So, Yeah, because um, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not uncommon for, you know, small farms or, or farming areas to have light aircraft, but, you know, they're, yeah. they're not going to go fly that out to the ocean. No, and the way they're interacting with each other, and there's just so many things that keep ruling out every possible like kind of solution I can come up with to it. It's just I think of something that sounds good, and then I think of another part of the story that happened, and it kind of rules that one out, and then just goes around in circles a bit. <laughs> it it kind of must be a little bit frustrating to to not know what you saw that night. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. I mean, it's good memory and stuff, um, but yeah, it is. It would be kind of cool to know. Just what it was, but I don't know if we have will. Did it change your point of view on anything seeing these lights in the sky? Like, was it was it something that kind of made you feel like there's more to to the world? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I noticed that the most when I got home and I tried to explain it to my dad and his girlfriend at the time. Um, because my dad's like, I don't, you know, make stuff up or joke around with my dad that much. We're kind of pretty serious with each other. So I was like, well, I'm going to let him know what happened. And I kind of sitting on the outdoor table when I told him. And you could tell, like, dad wanted to listen because he knows I wouldn't just, like, go out there and start rambling with random stuff that I made up. But he couldn't believe it. And I'm like, that's when I realized you kind of had to be there to understand what, what it is. But it was interesting to watch his reaction because he knows I wouldn't, you know, tell him something that I don't need to tell him. But, um, yeah, he, he couldn't understand it. And um, it's definitely, I think, the, the best thing that it's done, though, is um, now listening to other people's stories. It's made me completely understand how other people, you know, have dealt with their things and, and um, just have a bit more, I don't know, of an open mind into other people's stories. And especially when other people, you know, they come with their stories and they haven't, you know, spoken to anyone about it for so many years, I can completely understand why people, you know, struggle to come up with it. And it takes a lot of, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but yeah, like even trying to organize this call with you, there's so many times I've been like wanting to do it, but it's just, I don't know, you just doubt yourself on what you saw and it's really strange to talk about sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, it, it really does take a lot of courage to come out and, and speak so openly about, you know, an encounter that is, genuinely so unusual because who who knows what you saw that night and who knows what was actually going on like could it have been something earthbound maybe could it be something from out of this world possibly but you know it like i said it really does take a lot of courage for for people to come forward so you know people like you are really why this show exists because without 
people like you who want to to share a story or feel like they don't have a place to share a story. That's why this is why we're here. Yeah, no, it's really really amazing to get this platform for us to speak on, and yeah, that's it. We might never know. I mean, I've I've considered so many different you know options of what it could have been. And I know if people are from that area listen to this, well. They'll know that like Tinkan Bay has a um, military base there, which isn't far away. And I've been moto riding as a kid around that area, and you hear them doing that testing and all that on explosives. So I know that's around there, and I did consider whether that could have had anything to do with it. But yeah, it's just it doesn't really make sense. And um, I'm not sure if I sent you the information about this recently either. But um, that same friend of mine who was there, Mitchell, because he lives up there, um, he went there with his girlfriend a few months ago, and. Um, he just sent me a photo straight up and I didn't really know what I was looking at, but he'd been up there and it'd been neglected. Like it hadn't been looked after. Um, in a lot of the photos you'll see it's nice and manicured and stuff, but like when we were there and since then it's been shut off. So no one's up there looking after it anyway. Um, yeah, he was up there having a look around with his girlfriend and ended up finding this packet in the bush. And, um, it's got the air force or Australian air force barcode and stuff on it. And it's just some like packet for, some flagging or something um but yeah he found some like um dead patches of grass where they had all their tents set up and um after seeing that i was a bit like you know i don't i'm not drawing any conclusions in saying that story like it could have just been innocent and a coincidence but yeah he found some rubbish from the air force up there and i did some googling and you'll be able to find it as well but um the only thing i found was like on the local community board for that area where that lookout is they had an announcement a few months ago where the Air Force were taking over the local hall and that lookout, and it was off bounds to the public. They had the, the whole road up to that lookout shut off and the local hall for some, they said, a training operation. So, you know, we're never going to know any more information about that, but it's just the interesting part of the story as well, I guess. I don't know, it might be a, might be a coincidence, but, um, yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Yeah, that's, that's super cool. That's super interesting. It's... Uh I love things like that because who knows, maybe, maybe they knew what you saw that day. Maybe they knew you were up (laughs) there. (laughs) Yeah. You wonder that. You wonder that for sure. (laughs) Well, Ryan, man, it was so cool to talk to you tonight. That, that UFO encounter is legitimately one of the most incredible ones I've, I've heard in a, in a long time. And if you ever do want to post that video or or share it, I'd love to, to share it with our listeners and put it on our, on our website so people can potentially check it out yeah no i'd love to see that i've actually got a video from that afternoon before we saw everything which shows a bit of a view of where we were like they're pretty crap videos but at least it gives a bit of perspective from where we were and um yeah i'll get the good bits out of the videos that i took and um even though they're not great people might be able to just see the same color lights i'm talking about in this story and um yeah might draw a little bit more reality to it so um, people can understand what we saw (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode of the believe paranormal and ufo podcast if you have had an encounter and you would like to share it please get in touch with me my email address is believepod at gmail.com finally don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our discord server to talk to other listeners of the show you'll find all these links in our show notes Thank you. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.